Hello, this is Javier Ortiz and welcome to the Parent Academy podcast. Welcome to the third episode of the Parent Academy podcast. This episode is a recording of the webinar that we ran last week. Our main goal was to share with you the five key strategies that we think can help parents anytime, but especially on these difficult situations. We have shared those five strategies and we answer questions as we go. We hope that you enjoyed it. We definitely loved doing it and we hope to do it again soon. So if we start, um, one thing that for me is really important is, is what is the one thing? So what I'd like you to think about, yeah, is what is the one thing that you can take from this, um, from this talk uh, that can positively affect you and your family? So take pen and paper, and as we go, as we develop the, the conversation, just say, oh, that's interesting, or I hadn't thought about that, or that makes me think in a different way about something that you we have talked, yeah? So our goal is that you have one thing. We're going to give you a lot more than one thing, but that each one of you have at least one idea, and ideally more, for you to, to use tomorrow or today. How are we going to do it? There's five strategies, five concepts that we want to share with you. And um, we, we've been thinking a lot about which are the most important ones. It's, it's hard to decide. But um, these are the five things we want to talk to you. Um, understanding the time periods, understanding about routines, what is that we should do or could do or don't do when um, things get emotional, because they will get emotional, kids get, will get tearful, hopefully not, but you might have uh, difficulties with friends and families in terms of health. So what is that we can do and what is that we should try to avoid? The fourth one will be about resolving sibling conflict. So in a reducer space with limited um, activities, it's, it's, it's going, hopefully we don't know if it's going to happen, but it's likely that it will happen. And the final one, and there's, um, there's a whole podcast that we have dedicated to that, this last one. That's how important it is. But really, is how can we make the most of this situation? How can we really say, okay, it's not, it's not a situation in which anybody of us wants to be, but how can we make the most of it? Okay, so next, we'd like to get a bit of interaction from you. So being mindful of the time and that we need some short answers, it would be great if a few of you could give us your outcome for today. We find with seminars that we do that parents will come with something that they really want to get out of it a lot of times. Um, you can use the chat for this as well, um, or if you have something you'd like to say, if you could please raise your hand. It's just one, one of the questions I had. I have kids who have a specificity. Some of them have social anxiety. So actually, yeah. they're very happy with this situation because they don't have <laughs> But what worries me is in the long run, if that lasts too long, uh, what should I do to, to keep them uh, social and to keep them inter interacting with other people? And um, yeah. <laughs> How do, you how do you prepare for afterwards, really? Just one question. Okay. Okay. 
Great. Well, we'll see if we can get that answered within what we're doing. Um, presentation. Excellent. Anyone else? And you're free to use the chat feature as well, if you would rather do that. What kind of outcome do you have a specific question or issue? So um, G is saying, we'd love to learn how to de-stress, reset, and go back to happy amid the remarkable stress. That's really, really good question. Um, which is similar to what Candice was saying to a different, to, to certain degree. So um, I will make sure that how to go back to it. Okay. And somebody said how to be more positive. That's great. Great. Oh, we got a couple more while you were doing okay. that. Go for Javier, it. Uh, how to um, resolve sibling contact conflicts. Okay, we, we will cover that, that one. Actually. Definitely. Um, and how to manage meltdowns while maintaining routine and discipline. Excellent. I think we, we will cover that. Yes, but, um, so I think we, we will cover those, but please do um, at the end, if we haven't been clear enough or specific enough, let us know and we'll go in more depth. Um, so the first thing is, um, this, this might sound um, a bit silly or, or confusing, but the concept of time is tremendously personal. Uh, and there's, there's many ways in which, we, uh, in which we identify time different from other people, other friends. But there's, there's a concept that is called, obviously, we know past, present, and future. Yeah? Uh, all of them are important, but we all have a different preference. Some of us think a lot about the past. I miss my friends, so it was great when, or we were supposed to be going elsewhere. So it's things that we used to do the good old times, yeah, it was like when I was a teenager, I had the best time of my life, and that's okay. Other people have more of a present um, tense mindset, which is how am I feeling now? What is that I'm, I'm doing? Or, or it's quite clear, the people say, oh, I'll do that later. That's quite normal of people who are quite in the present moment. And other people are thinking constantly about the future. So when this is over, the first thing I'm going to do when this finish, my next plan, my next holidays, uh, what I'm really looking forward to do. Uh, I was just thinking when preparing this presentation, when I was doing the military service in Spain, uh, we, um, there were people, we, we were supposed to be there for 180 days. And there were people who had on the locker room, they had 180 days and they were scratching, counting down the days. Yeah. Now, what is really important is for you to think about what, what is your preference? Where is that you feel more comfortable? And how is that helping you? Yeah? Uh, and there's no right or wrong. I'm not planning to tell you you should be X or Y. It's more about saying, okay, what is, in what time frame I'm thinking and how is that helping me? So, for instance, when we are thinking about the past a lot, uh, we have the, the risk of creating grief for everything that we're missing. Yeah, grief, sadness, um, uh, letting go, lack of letting go. But on the other side, it can help us build really strong memories, really good feelings that we had in the past. Um, the other benefit that has is like, well, because I did this, I can do this other thing. Because in the past I was successful or I was confident or I was, um, uh, whatever, I can do it again. 
So there's something positive about the past. Uh, when we are present, we, we have a chance or we have the, the potential downside of there's a lack of no progress. There's a lack of progress, yeah? So when we are too much in the present tense, we might feel stuck. But on the other side, we might feel quite present, quite fresh, and that creativity that gives you just in the zone, yeah? When we're thinking about future, obviously we have to be careful that a lot of people are thinking on the future because it evades, it, it, it avoids dealing with what's happening to uh, now and might create some frustration because that future, we don't know when it's going to come. We don't know when we're going to uh, go back to normal. Yeah. However, in the positive, we can create plans, we can create distractions, we can build up expectations. And when I'm talking future, it could be this weekend, it could be next week, it could be next summer. Yeah. So just have a thought about this and say, what, what, is, what is your preference? So just to give you an example, um, my daughter starts counting down to Christmas in August. So that's how future pace is. After Christmas, she's thinking about her birthday in March. Yeah. So that gives me a clear indication of what is important for her. The other thing that is important is just think about your kids. Yeah. What is the preference? And how can you use the preference to communicate with them? So for instance, if my daughter is future paced, so future thinking, and I talk to her about the past, okay, that, that's gonna be okay, but probably it's not going to build her up. But if I, be, I talk to her about the plans in summer, what we think we might be able to do in summertime, that's probably going to work better. So as Javier said, um all of these are useful in certain situations. So adapting them to what you are in is really helpful. Um, I had an example about um, the past um, that I was able to use something to empower me. Um, when I was a kid, we had um, some blizzards and we got off school for two weeks and there's very similar feeling of that, um, so I know that I've had that before, and I told my kids about that, um, that that was something that happened too. So something similar, something that has actually, I did before. Um, and just wondering um, out there, the audience that's there, um, if you have any example right now of where you might be placing attention on the future or the past, well, at the moment, the future is a source of stress. I have no idea when they're going to go back to school. I have no idea whether or not we were we are going to be able to travel. We were just told to um, cancel all our travel plans indefinitely. Um, and so I don't know that I want to build up my children's expectations or, um, you know, have them be hopeful towards something that I yet again cannot provide. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, gee, that, that's a very, very good point. And what is, um, at the same time, what I'm saying about the children, it's about us as well. So what it comes across, um, sorry if I'm second guessing, but it comes across that future doesn't seem to be working for you. So uh, obviously the, the choice, the, or the question that I have for you is, what time frame will work for you and for your children? So how... It's, it's the uncertainty. I, I have no. I don't know. I honestly, okay. I just if I know that the 
that the lockdown, that uh, life will resume um, and everything will go back to normal by May, then I'm very happy to start you know, hyping Correct. up the, the plans for June and July. Um, but the fact that I don't know is, I think, what's okay. most stressful. And that, so, so if you go back to the presentation, I'll go back in a second, but that, that's when we have future thinking that creates that frustration and uncertainty. So my suggestion would be to, to work on present, on today. Take one day at a time. Yeah. So how is that you can create a routine of, of one day, an activity for one day? And, and I know it's difficult, but just kind of ignore the future and we're not good at ignoring that's not how our brain works but what we can do is we can put our attention towards one part or the other so if you put attention towards the future it's a sort of frustration uncertainty and anxiety if you put your attention towards today what is that we need to do how do i make a great day today and how do i make a great day tomorrow you're gonna notice that probably that uncertainty goes because you're focusing your energy somewhere else. Yeah. That's, that's a very fair point. And I think that worked really well for us. And I don't mean to be Good. just, you know, a, a party pooper here, but like that worked really well for us for the first two weeks of um, the lockdown. We've been serious about this. We have only gone out a handful of times since this started. Um, and we definitely approached as yay a change um and it's going to be fun and let's focus today we're going to do this today we're going to do that and then the next day we're going to do this and um my children are starting to ask when they're going to see their teachers again and i i say that um you know this is um this is easter holiday you would have had that off anyway we typically have very social very active um holidays and general days and i'm i'm yeah. grateful for taking a moment and being able to reflect on our lives and okay so uh thank you thank you for that one thing is um sorry i, I had to mute you because there was some background noise um one thing that is important what you just said um and somebody mentioned as well on the chat is what it works today it might not work tomorrow and working with kids for over 10 years and having my own daughters, that's, that's a learning that I keep hitting every day, every week. Whatever it's working for you today, just keep flexibility, keep creativity, because it might not work next week. Yeah. So just being aware of what is working for you today, that's great. If it keeps working, fantastic, keep doing it. If it doesn't, change it, play around, see what other things can, can work. Um, the second strategy, which is probably one of the biggest ones, and uh, what, uh, this is based on, so for the last three weeks, I've been talking to parents, to a lot, a lot of parents about what is working, what is not working. And uh, this seems to be the best practices from people, what seems to be working for all of them. Now, I'm sure that some of them are very obvious to you, others might be new, but let me just take you quickly through, through them. Um, the first part is weekends and weekdays. We, we have the tendency to just because we're at home, we just continue doing the same routine, either it's holidays every day or it's work days every day. And obviously, as, as um, you already mentioned, G, but other people have mentioned, is that just keep that flexibility, make days special. So if it's now, um, if now it is uh, Easter, so obviously it's Easter, yeah? Consistency is critical and uh, consistency is probably one of the words that I repeat the most to, to parents when I talk to them. It's absolutely fundamental. 
all the work that you do over three, four, five days of, of um, work, you can destroy it in one or two days. So keep that consistency clear. But at the same time, listen, we're not robots. Allow for spontaneity. If you have a funny afternoon or you don't feel like working too much or you just want to kind of not do what you had in plan, that's okay every now and again, yeah? Um, the other thing that we notice is when the adults are following a routine. So the more parallel that there is between your routine and their routine, the better. It doesn't mean that you have to do the same things, but they know that you have a plan, they know that you have a routine, and they know that you are on this together. You are setting an example. You're being a model of excellence for them. The next part, what we said is when we are setting up the routine, the ideas, the plan, the, the blocks of time, keep them reasonably generic, yeah? Arts, reading, playing, and then let them come with the ideas that they want to do, yeah? If it's art, it could be drawing, or it could be showing, or it could be something else, yeah? If it's reading, it could be reading a book or a different book or something else, or it could be writing. Just let them be that level of creativity. Keep it reasonably generic. Don't be too harsh into too micromanaging what it is. Uh, this is, goes related to what we just talked. Focus on day one, focus on today. Be clear what it is, and we're gonna give you an example of how it can be done. Uh, but have in mind three to seven days in advance. Uh, there's obviously a practical reason, and one of the practical reasons is that you might not have what you need. So if you need something specific from the shop, you might have to buy it, but you also might want to feed in different things. So have an overall idea of what you're going to do over the next three to seven days, but really plan on one day. Um, really important, and this obviously depends on how old our kids are, the older they are, the more individual they could be. But just plan for things that they can do by themselves and things that we can do together. Uh, even if your kids are very, very young, the fact is that you will not be able to entertain them the whole time. And playing by themselves, entertaining themselves, apart if, if they're not too young, kind of less than one or two years old, um, they, they can start entertaining themselves, playing themselves for a short amount of period. So just make sure that you have in your mind activities, ideas to do for them to do by themselves and for you to do as a group. The other thing is short projects and long projects. Short projects is things that you can start and finish on the day. Baking a cake, making a drawing, maybe a, a, a Lego set that is not too complex. Uh, long projects is things that you can see happening over several days, two, three, four, five days. Yeah, and they cannot build on each other. Again, it could be a complex Lego set, or it could be a part of the AY that they're helping you with, whatever it is, but that combination also brings that routine. So you bring it from one day into another. Uh, I know this is, this is quite controversial, and um, by the way, we're going to publish an article only on this part, on, on what I call passive entertainment, screen time, yeah? But just be mindful. Um, we just posted an article from the Times on, on the Facebook, and they talk about uh, how passive entertainment leads to frustration because they are not intellectually engaged with those activities. Even if they're very, very active with Fortnite or Minecraft or whatever, that is still passive. They are being served that entertainment similar to TV. 
So what is really important, just be mindful. Yes, they do need the screen time. Yes, there's a lot of time to fill up on the day, but just be mindful of how much of that they get, yeah? Again, I'm very conscious that for a 14 years old boy, it's going to be a very different conversation than for a seven years old girl, yeah? But just keep it in mind. And the other thing, and this is part of our, our mantra as, as coaches, as to be honest, as parents as well, is bad days are okay, yeah? We are gonna have bad days. We're going to say, well, I had a plan, I have achieved nothing of what it is, or I've, I, I just blew up everything I was working on. That's okay, that's fine, yeah? It's going to happen, it's quite intense, so be it. I think um, I had been talking to Javier about like this past Sunday, I had a really bad day with my kids who, my son's 13 and he was on the gaming for more than five hours. Um, and, you know, I just said to myself, I had a lot of other stuff to do. I'm a single mom. Um, that was just a bad day, you know? And so look, for my self-worth, I'm just gonna say, that's okay. You know, I am not going to worry too much about it. I can see a couple of comments coming in too about, you know, they usually have activities, um, but now the kind of screen is just there. And I would say, you know, just don't be too hard on yourself and let there be a bad day. Um, now, do you know those boards that they have in school? Um, they have like icons for the structure of the day. You might see these more in primary schools, but um, these are kind of obvious ideas for young kids, but also they help everybody to kind of visually understand what's happening in the day. So looking at these on the screen, these are the kind of things that can just remind you of like, well, that's actually homework time. You know, it doesn't matter maybe which homework it is. That's actually lunchtime and it's coming soon, you know? So that's, these are all just ways to kind of, to present things in a positive way and a visual way, um, which helps us to learn. Um, and I've found that, um, I, uh, I've switched around things a lot when I've had one of these and um, being able to do that, like when my daughter who's 10, for instance, isn't interested in doing the homework, well, let's just switch to arts and then we'll switch that slot to homework. Um, and I've actually done one of these things at home. Now this one is really not as beautiful as anybody. Okay. This kind of thing where you have like um, written down what's going to happen in the week. And I try to even put my own stuff like dinner, like what are we going to have for dinner? And, you know, because I sometimes just don't get there as far as thinking of that unless I have written it down. And that's helped me to kind of get the kids involved. Like my son tonight took on dinner and did make it. So... So yeah, I find something like that to be helpful, um, but everybody's different. And um, I think it's just however it works best for you, but you can just always try something and change. Also, I suggest um, like get, give, or get feedback from your kids. So there's one um, idea about getting kids to put their ideas in a jar and then every day they take out one of them that they want to make. So that's kind of a way to get feedback from little kids about that. Um, I tend to be asking mine who are a bit older, like, what do you think is working? 
working well and what could we improve? And sometimes I don't get answers from them, but I think that just by asking it, it will start to, they will start to answer it soon. Um, so I just wondered, do you think you do anything right now to get feedback from your kids? So can, can we hold that question for a sec? Um, yes. Because I think it's important and, and there's some comments already. Um, the age of the kids will make a massive difference. And uh, some people on the, on the chat have already mentioned it. So um, the example that we saw you is probably quite all right for kids up to eight years old. But we've got two different other set groups. Uh, so let me just... What we think is um, when kids are between eight and 12 years old, they want to do things themselves. And it's really important that you bring them into the conversation. Again, depends on the maturity, depends on the uh, environment, but up to eight years old, kids will probably just do what you tell them to do reasonably and they will just go along or they're more, more, um, more willing to go with what you say up to certain point, of course. Between 8 and 12 years old, just make them part of it. Make them part of the planning. Make them part of the decision making. They will need your help. They don't have planning abilities. They don't have organization abilities. But they will allow you to do that and you can work in collaboration with them. Now, the tricky bit, and I've already heard a few comments with um, people on, on the more teenagers' kids. Yeah, What do we do with teenagers? Well. If I was to get a penny for every time that they ask me this question, it, it, I'd be a millionaire. The, the reason is for teenagers, you cannot do it for them. I, I haven't found a way that, I mean, you can do it and they, they will just decide if they do it or not. Yeah. Uh, so for me, what is critical about working with teenagers is ownership. Yeah. One of the conversations that I always encourage parents to have is about planning abilities, talking to kids about how can we help our kids to learn planning. And, and personally, I find that one of the biggest frustrations um, from my part about the educational system, they don't teach planning. Some kids learn it, some kids learn it better, but the vast majority don't. And this is an opportunity for them to learn how to plan the day. At the end of the day, you cannot do it for them. You can suggest it to them and they will say, well, yes, no, yes, no, or I don't want to do anything. But it's really about delegating, devolving that ownership to them, saying, listen, this is about you. It's about how do you feel your day? It's about how do you feel at the end of each day? So I'm happy to help you, but it's your responsibility. Yes. So going back to the question that we wanted to put out to the audience here um, is just looking at that kind of ownership. What do you do to get feedback from your kids about how it's going? Um, you can also unmute yourself um, just by pressing the button to yeah. unmute yourself in your little picture. Okay. Anyone have some examples of ways that you get feedback from your kids? How do you find we out? We, have, we try to have dinner together always. Yeah. But uh, they don't know, always want to talk about you know, what we want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know what, that, that is really important because um, what we want as parents is, when we're, okay, let's, let's bring it on the table, let's talk, let's sort it out and that's it. And, and a lot of my work with kids is about going to their world. What is it important for them? 
what is it meaningful for them uh, and just kind of find it I mean it's kind of sometimes it's finding the needle on the haystack but just go to what it's what they what they like to do what they enjoy doing it sometimes they just don't want to talk that's okay yeah uh, or, or maybe what what I do quite a lot is I, I kind of observe what's happening and then I bring it back yeah oh so I saw you watching this series what what is that you like about modern family or what is that you like about this just prompt a conversation about it and also another thing that we do pretty often with kids is to tell them like what you liked as a parent so um actually the best part of today for me was the easter egg hunt that we did and so if you start to disclose what you feel like that a lot of times they will too and they like to hear that from you the next part is what we call um restorative approach so I've, i have to say i've heard about this and i was dubious about it and then i used it with my own daughters and it worked really 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 well and uh, now i am suggesting it to a lot of parents yeah now if there's a conflict one of the things that happens is, is if you've got two or more kids yeah um one of the things that will happen is that they they will want you to judge they will want you to say who is right who is wrong and they probably want you to tell that the other person is wrong yeah they will want you to take take their side the moment that you take that judge role you lost because one of them is going to be happy one of them is going to be unhappy yeah so um, what, what I find is these are opportunities and you can, you can do it with kids over four and five. They will get it. They, they will be able, with more or less direction, they will be able to do it. So the first part is tell them what is going to happen. Give them a space and time to discuss and agree what has happened. Who hit first, who said first that, and how did the other person react it? And what you want them is to agree to one version of events and one solution yeah you give them five minutes ten minutes they come back to you and you say okay tell me what has happened and how do you propose to resolve it yeah now i can imagine many parents have said oh my kids will never ever do that and so you know what that's probably right but what they need to understand are the consequences the first thing is okay what are the three outcomes that might happen from this is they're not doing it they're not engaging in the in the uh, process they don't want to do it or they kind of constantly keep um, at each other so if that happens then they both will take the consequences so if it's no tv for both of them if it's no screen or if it's no whatever then they both take those consequences uh, the other part is that they do agree but disagree in some parts this normally happens when one of them takes one for the team and they say, yeah, okay, it was me, it was my fault. And, and just use your common sense. And, and maybe you have to say, okay, listen, I, I'm not totally convinced on this story. Go back, think it again, and tell me. Yeah? And then you only tell them to do it once, yeah? And finally, when they got some sort of agreement, you, you praise them, you say, I'm very, very happy for you, very proud of how you manage this situation. Whatever you propose, the solution is, we go with it yeah and you will be surprised because sometimes what they say is we're going to give each other time out so i'm going to go to my room she's going to go to the living room and we're going to give each other half an hour of just being by ourselves it's a fantastic whatever it is yeah 
Now, what these are for is you becoming the judge, taking sides, getting and then getting angry. Yeah. What this allows them as well in the big in the big concept of parenting, this allows for you to teach them conflict resolution, which is a fantastic skill. Talking about something, even when you are a bit upset, and coming with a solution, and this is something that they will take for life. And also, we know that schools teach this same kind of approach. It might be called something different. Like my son said, yeah, in school they call that reflection, um, and in my daughter's school they call it conflict resolution. So, like teachers and schools really encourage kids to learn how to do this for the disagreements that they have on the playground or at school as well. Just something that um, I've had with my kids, um, they've had battles about exercise, like we've been doing this bike ride every day, and so they battle about where to go and how long will it be. And so I've tried this approach just in the last couple of days um, and just really kind of leaving them to decide it. And I even said to them, look, this is helping kids approach. This is that reflective approach. Can you guys just try this? And um, they are doing it themselves more often. And um, like I left them to just go on the bike ride by themselves yesterday. And that was much easier. Like they sorted it out themselves. So I can confirm that I've experimented with it recently and it works. I think um, in, in my experience as well with my daughters, one thing that happened is um, once that they understand what's coming, they make up their story so much faster. So they want to resolve it. So it, it takes time to consolidate it, but it's really worth it. So now we wanted to give you um, a few don'ts and do's. So I think this relates to a lot of the outcomes that we had come in about how to reset back to happy and how to handle meltdowns. Um, how to encourage to do schoolwork too. Um, and so like the don'ts we're going to start with. Um, so don't ignore them, like if they are having some kind of tantrum, um, but also don't jump to the rescue and become super mom and rest and aim to resolve it all. Um, but equally don't look down on their worries because they do get pretty worried. Um, and also don't engage with them when they are having a tantrum and when things are heated because they will not listen to you. Um, and that is something that I've learned the hard way is just they need to have a cooling off period. And a lot of times I will say, you know, I will talk to you when you've cooled down. And for me to walk away and them to walk away is a good thing and we cool down and then it works better. So um, so don't engage with them when it, it's heated. Don't take it personally. Um, don't assume they're pushing your limits, um, but don't assume that they're just fine either. Um, now do, which is kind of the opposite of this, is do find um, a good place and time to talk. And um, you'll probably know when this is, that you feel closer to your child and maybe it's more quiet. For me, it's been like bath time or um, bedtime. And um, 
I would say, do you also feel like you can adapt to their preference? So you know them very well. So you might know like their love languages, like whether they like to have hugs or whether they prefer to take a walk with you, um, the kind of things that mean more to them. So adapt to their preferences. Um, do listen to them and let them really talk it out, let them express it, find out how does it feel, say, I guess it's difficult for you, you know, identify with them, um, let them have a go at moving forward and say like, is there anything we can do together to move, to make this better? Um, and help them focus on what we can do. And I think it's a, a very important part is that we, um, a lot of the kids, and I'm talking about two to 12 years old to 15 years old, they will want you, and, and what we do as parents, with, with all the right reasons, we want to resolve it for them. We want them to be happy. And what is very important is that they are part of that solution as well. The more they are part of that solution, the more they feel empowered to resolve it, and the more positive experience of resolving a situation they will take with them for the future. So our last strategy here is make the most of the situation. So this is really about splitting it out for yourself. So thinking about what is the outcome? What can I truly do or manage here? Um, so you think about the example here on the slide. Um, I cannot control whether my ball is going to go into the goal, but I can look at how I kick the ball and I can improve how I kick the ball. So it's really um, peeling off maybe from your outcome um, what you really can do um, versus what is not really in your control. Um, and I think you, if you can pay attention more to those things that you can manage um, and focus on those, then, then you're really helping yourself get to a position of feeling like you're going somewhere. Um, I think, you know, for me, that's been a lot of times peeling it off. So looking, saying this outcome that I want to have, you know, I want to have this perfect school day with my kids, um, but I can't control them. I can't make them do schoolwork or make them be happy. Um, but what I can manage is really more about maybe planning it and talking to them about it. Just um, give you a couple of examples on, on this. Um, for instance, one, one of the things, if you notice at the beginning, the, the first, the second slide was it, what is my goal for you? Yeah, my goal is that you learn one thing, but I, I cannot control that. Yeah, I cannot control how much you take from today. You, you might close the, the Zoom and say, well, what a waste of time was that? I didn't learn anything and, and that'd be fine. Yeah, I cannot control that and I cannot come into a, a, a room with 22, 25 people um, thinking what is that you're going to take out of this. But what I can manage is what do I do? What do I share with you? How do I share with you? What stories do I share with you? And I hope that by doing that, you reach your learning. 
So it's the same with our kids. If I pay attention to what is that I want them to achieve, what is that I want them to be, I want them to be happy, I want them, it's, I'm, I'm wasting my energy. I'm wasting my energy because I don't have the power for that. But I have the power to, how do I behave myself? How do I talk to them? How do I listen to them? So what I, I'd like you to think about is, okay, in the next situation for tomorrow, what is that I, I can truly manage? What is that is truly things that I can do? Yeah? And hopefully by me doing that, something else will happen. Yeah? So just think about what the other things that you can affect. Yeah? You can affect how you react to them if they get angry. You can affect if you plan your routines or not. You can affect how you um, organize your own routine or how you um, tell them about the situation that is happening, yeah? But you cannot change how they're going to feel. They only can change how they're going to feel, yeah? And evolving that responsibility is crucial because it's a way of respecting them. I respect them and they will have the resources to manage their feelings. Now, to conclude this, um, we find that in our seminars, like people come out with, you know, one or two ideas, like not every one of these strategies is going to appeal to you. So it's important to choose the one that you feel is closest to how it works for you. Um, and we really value your feedback to know, like, could you just write in the chat about the one idea that you will use tomorrow from what you've learned tonight? Um, any other feedback that you have about the seminar also is helpful. Um, and because it's our first one, we'd like to know. Um, you can also email us at info at helpingkids.co.uk. Um, and we don't have your email addresses from everybody. Um, so if you do want the follow-up email, make sure to email us your email address. <laughs> um, and as Javier said, we've got lots of things that we have um, as resources out there, podcasts, children and parents at this time period. Um, and now um, we'd like to open it up for your questions. Um, and we would should also we, like, if you don't we, have- do, do you mind if I take the, the questions that we covered at the beginning in terms of the outcome? Because there's already a few things that I want to share. And okay. in the meantime, you monitor the, the chat if there's more questions, yeah? Okay, and if anybody does need to go at this point, that is okay. You can always email us yeah. with any of your questions. Yeah. Uh, so um, there, there was a point about um, how do we go back to normal? How do we go from a really um, safe space at home? How do we get kids back to normal? Yeah. Uh, there, there's a part of uncertainty in terms that we don't know how that is going to be for anybody. We don't know how they're going to allow people to go back on the streets and on their routines again, yeah? Uh, but there, there's a few things that we know that might happen. So my, my suggestion is always baby steps. That is one of the best strategies that we can use. So think about in which parts can you bring them back into the routine? Obviously, the moment that the schools open, they, they will be gone, yeah? The, I can tell you that the moment that the school opens, they go to the school gates and 90% of the kids, 95% of the kids will cross the school gates, go see the teachers, go see their friends, go into the playground, 
and they're going to be loving it, yeah? But a lot of it is about really, okay, what can you do before to prepare them for that? Go to the park, go uh, bring them shopping with you, yeah? Obviously keeping all the social distances and all the regulations, just go for a walk, yeah? How can we get them little by little out of the comfort zone and just kind of think about what are those small activities that you can do? Maybe they, uh, if you've got cousins or families or close friends, start interacting with them yeah uh if it's about the routines and obviously the sleeping routines the work routines are going to be very very important how do you get back into those routines my my suggestion to all the parents is, that i'm talking with is please do keep the school routine as much as you can even during the holidays yeah doesn't mean that they are eight hours on front of the screen doing homework but if they can wake up at that decent time and start doing two hours of work or two or three hours of work depending on, on the age of the people whatever it is even if it's just reading a book as part of the work get them into those routines because that's going to make your life much much easier afterwards yeah um somebody said how to be more positive at the beginning yeah so um <laughs> I wish I had a magic wand for that and I could tell you how to do it, yeah? But um, one of the things is like, really is about visualizing what is going to happen, yeah? The power of visualization is massive. So create in your mind what is that you want it to happen and then share it with them, yeah? Oh, when this happens or when we know that this happens, this is what we're going to do, create plans, create ideas, yeah? Obviously, I understand from the conversation we had before, is um, the, the concept of for, for some families that the future might not work, but once that we know that we have a few days, you can start creating that, yeah? You can uh, look about what you have rather than what you don't have, yeah? What is that we can do? How can we be more present? Yeah, Amy, do you want to contribute? Uh, um, yeah, I think that just looking at the feedback that we had about the outcomes, um, you know, there, I think there were a lot of things inside of, of what we shared. Um, and probably the best way is just try some of the techniques and, you know, if they don't work, try something else. So that's the way that I always look at it is, you know, there's so many things out there to try. Something is going to work. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going through the through the messages. It seems that the conflict resolution it seems has, has got quite a few votes. I'm, I'm quite happy with that. I, I think it's a skill for life, really. Uh, learning how to resolve conflict is something that they will use all through their life. So I cannot encourage you enough to do it. Um, uh, Kandiji was saying about uh, the, your teenager's boy thinking it's Saturday night. And I believe, Joe, you at the beginning mentioned about uh, how do you motivate kids to study, yeah? And, and I think one of the things that I notice a lot is, uh, I notice with a lot of, of teenagers, is the, the lack of ownership. And, and that's a conversation that needs to happen. It, it, it's yours, man. It's your stuff. Um, so in the conversation I have with, um, with my young clients or with my daughters, I say, listen, this is my responsibility. And that is your responsibility. And I respect that you will do it but it's your choice yeah uh there's a technique um i think we have time there's a technique that i really like that i call the path of choice 
and I really, really like it. And I use it, I, I, um, I use it a lot. I, I remember using it with my daughter when she was three or four years old, but I use it a lot with loads of techniques. And, and basically what you say is, listen, we got, we got here, we got many choices, but at the end of the day, you have to, yeah? You got two parts. You have the easy one and you have the new one. The easy one, it's easy because you don't have to change anything, yeah? You keep doing what you are doing. And it's really easy because you know what's going to happen and you help and then walk that path. What's going to happen if you keep not doing your studies? What's going to happen if you keep not um, engaging with the work? And in my experience, they will come with the worst cases and scenarios where I will fail my exams, I will not have a job, I will be kicked off a school, whatever it is. Yeah, and that's, that's, the, that's the easy path. They don't have to do anything. Yeah, that's okay. So, so that's the easy path. You understand it, you know what it is. Now let's go back to the choices because there's another path. And then the other path is about what happens if you do something different? And then you allow them to go in that path and say, okay, so I can, um, maybe I get better results. Maybe I can do better in schools. Maybe mom and dad are going to be happier with me. Maybe I, I get uh, the grades that I wanted. Yeah, and so okay, yeah, so now go back to the, the start of the path and just think and say, okay, those are the two paths that you have. Those are the two choices. Nobody can make that choice but you. But you have to make one choice. And my job is to help you, but you make the choice. Yeah. Uh, and just, uh, just for a bit of fun, I remember when my daughter, my youngest daughter, was three or four years old. Um, she was, she was um, having a bit of a funny evening. And, uh, and I was saying, okay, Anna, you got two paths in front of you. And she said, I know, I know I'm taking the bad path, but I want to take it. I said, okay, that's fine, yeah? Sometimes they will take the wrong path, but just more out of, of anger than anything else. But they know that they have choices. They know that they have the option. And my job is not to make them make a choice. My job is to expose them to the choice and then they can decide. I think something just on that line, um, which may be for my son who's 13, is sort of a baby steps toward that, is I, I will sit down with him and look at, um, he usually gets the homework in the morning and just look at the chunks of hours that he has and when he's gonna do those things. And I have just been helping him to like forecast that out as a start to the day. And I want him to take that on himself, but I feel like he needs some modeling for that first. Um, and I've said to him, I want you to learn to do this yourself, but I'm going to help and show you. And I think that concept of modeling can be helpful. Just to say, this is how it works well for me, um, because I can see then what I need to do and how much I've got. Unless anybody has any question, I'm just going to go back to the five scene, the five strategies, go very quickly through them as a, as a final um, reminder of what we've been covering. Let me just go back. So the five strategies that we wanted to share with you, one is um, understanding ways your energy, ways your time frame, what time frame is that you are working on. And if that is working for you, but at the same time, what is the time frame that your kids are working on and how can you use that to talk to them? 
And, and as we talked, and I think it was when I, we were having the conversation with G, uh, whatever works today might not work tomorrow. So just be creative, be flexible. Yeah, we talk about setting up the routines. Remember, the routines are not just routines just because. The routines give safety, give a sense of safety. A sense of safety provides a sense of calm. And that makes things a lot easier for everybody. So the routines for me, the most important things is that the kids know what they're managing, what is the situation, yeah? Uh, and on top of that, they get more things done. We talk about what do we do when things don't get emotional, uh, sorry, when things get emotional. And, and the first thing that we said is just give them time, do not ignore them, but do not try to resolve them, really empower them to be part of that solution. Uh, we talk about resolving conflict, and I thought that was one of the, of the ones that resonated more with, uh, with people. But really, again, it's about helping them be part of the solution. There has to be certain consequences, but help them be part of that solution. Help them work out through things, yeah, rather than you becoming the judge. And finally, making the most of the situation, and, and one of uh, the key ideas there is really about, okay, what is that I can manage? Not is what I want to get, but what is that I can manage? What is within my power to do? Yeah? And just hope that by me doing that, then he or she will get what I hope them to get. Similar to this conversation, by us putting the time, the energy, and the thought, we hope that you got your learning. And yeah, we would love to hear about how you get on. Like if you use some of these techniques or one of them or one bit of them, you know, let us know how it worked for you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Candice. Thank you, everybody, for attending. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Thank is you. There another, you mentioned tomorrow. Is there another one? No. No, no, sorry. We forgot to mention that. We want to do this a bit of a weekly thing, but we probably, what we will do next week is to do kind of an open surgery. So rather than a theme specific, more kind of saying, okay, just, just bring up the questions and then we answer the questions that people have. Yeah? Yeah. That'd be great. Thank you very much, everybody. And um, have a lovely evening. I hope that you found it useful. Thank you very much for listening. This is Javier Ortiz from Helping Kids. If you have any question at any time, please contact us at info at helpingkids.co.uk. And if you want, just visit our website. We have loads of articles there that we have produced to help you, your kids and yourself. Thank you very much for listening. Keep healthy, keep safe. Bye.